Super Talk Mississippi media production. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. This is Jamie Creel with Shelter Insurance. Come see how we've built a name that you can trust and why it is a must to get your free quote today with our Switch and Save. Located in Ridgeland and Florida, Mississippi, give us a call, 601-992-6000. This is Rebecca Turner, and thank you for listening to the Good Things Podcast here on Super Talk Mississippi. It's Mississippi's Radio Happy Hour. Well, I'm going to Mississippi, Mississippi, here I come. You're listening to Good Things with Rebecca Turner. Well, I'm going to Mississippi, Mississippi, here I come. Bringing you the good stories of Mississippi's people, places, and things to do. Now, now, here's Rebecca. Good afternoon, Super Talk Mississippi. You are tuned into your radio happy hour. That's the good things. I'm your host, Rebecca Turner. Don't forget, you can listen to good things. We are streaming live over at supertalk.fm. We're also streaming from the Super Talk Mississippi app. And of course, you can always find us on your local Super Talk Mississippi radio station. You can watch us too. We are on your computer, even your mobile device. Just head on over to supertalktv.com. And if you are on the Book of Faces, one last great place to connect with us every day is over on the Good Things Facebook group. I'm always posting, as I say, some of the best headlines that I find about our state. You can find those there. But then also, every now and then, I like to just get the conversation started a little bit earlier and have a little fun. And you guys have already started really engaging in this one. You may even woke up this morning and partook in National Toast Day and didn't even know that it was a national day that you were celebrating. I did that. I actually had some toast and eggs this morning and then found out, you know what? Look at me. I am right there in with the National Day. Toast should have a National Day, don't you think? I mean, it's one of the most underrated breakfast foods, I think. It not necessarily does many of us just wake up and go, man, I would love a good piece of toast. But usually it's I would love toast and or toast with. And then that's something that we all enjoy. And it's one of those that's so versatile in terms of how we eat it, how we enjoy it, that your favorite way or favorite meal with toast is all going to be different because it's completely flexible in how you can use it throughout your meal or multiple meals or whatever it may be. So the the sky's really the limit when it comes to answering the question, what is your favorite way to eat toast? 601-879-4393. Nine five. Rhino, you're shaking your head. I know this is a silly one. They're all all the national days are silly. Let's be honest. But for toast to have a national day is kind of like, huh? But then you think, yes, you should because you are the the foundation of so many other good foods and meals to come. So and it's also one of the earliest iterations (laughs) of just easy fixing food. Yes. Because I mean, you you look at. There's actually a rabbit hole I went down. It's been about a year now, but apparently toasters that our parents and grandparents had were like Cadillacs compared to what we got nowadays. What do you mean? Like there was apparently just an everyday off-the-shelf toaster that anybody could go buy for the normal price of a toaster where you put the bread in and it goes down on its own. And then when it's done, it comes back up real slow. None of this herky-jerky push the button and then wait for it to pop. You have to think, like, I I don't know when toasters were first invented, and you can toast bread without having to have a toaster. Oh, yeah. I mean, the the earliest toasters were meant for use with open flames. Right. So that 
you know, it doesn't kind it kind of messes this up. But if you think about just a toaster and how that sort of changed everything within within your kitchen, I was watching something too the other day. We like to watch uh, Foods That Built America. It's just fun and interesting on history, family friendly for the most part, and how the toaster with the invention of the um, pot tart like revolutionized breakfast in terms of the breakfast style. Like the pop tart was the very next thing after cereal that sort of took America. America by storm in terms of like an easy, quick morning, uh, morning meal. And you 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 couldn't have pop tarts without toasters and you wouldn't have toasters without toast. And so somewhere along the way, humans realized I can up the ante with an everyday breakfast sandwich, whatever, by simply crisping, browning, making bread Dirtier. Cook it for the second time. Cook it for the second time. And then, yeah, I think, and that's something I feel like if you don't eat bread or you don't like bread, I get that. But there's, or I don't know anybody that doesn't like bread. You may choose not to eat bread, but happy people eat bread. I mean, just the smell of it makes you in a better mood. And, uh, but, so, and Jesus is the bread of life. So, come on. He didn't say toasted, but still, like, I'm sure he appreciated it with a little bit of crisp, um, too. But it's something we all enjoy in one way or the other. Or it's a part of something that we enjoy. It elevates something that we already enjoyed. And it can be a lot more functional than you think, because you're thinking, okay, it's just a piece of bread, a sliced piece of bread that you've now heated for the second time in its life. But I would argue that toast, burnt black... Is the is half of a hangover cure. You need toast burnt black and Gatorade. That may not be the most delicious morning meal, but if it does the trick, it does the trick. It does the trick. Keith and JS said garlic toast. Absolutely, garlic toast elevates just about any dish. But Mike from Grand Bay remembers in the 1960 when you would open a bank account, you would get a free toaster. Think about it, because it was one of those kitchen. I guess gadgets you didn't necessarily need. Like now you could argue you need a microwave almost in today's what you don't now need versus really need is, you know, I mean, we could argue that. But you find very few people who don't have they would probably have a microwave over an oven at this point. Yeah. Where we are in terms of, of culinary abilities. But back then, I mean, a toaster, if all it was for was toasting your toast it really was a luxury to have. You didn't, like, need a Yeah, toaster. it definitely wasn't something high on the list of things to upgrade. No. Do you you have a toaster, and you keep that toaster for as long as it'll toast bread. Do you remember, like, when you first learning to toast, like, being completely amazed at the... Oh, yeah. The, the whole process of it? And, and then, the uh, stern talking to about not sticking stuff down in there. Anything the po- into the toaster? Or being very disappointed whether you put something in the toaster and it's accidentally the little knob thingy is either turned way too low and so it basically comes out warm bread, which is very disappointing, or way too high and then you have burnt toast and then, you know, that's no fun either in that way. The best Mississippi toast does not come out of a toaster. It is a buttered before cooking and cook oven, cook oven or a toaster oven, Max said. I mean, the, the different flavors, the different ways you you do it, for sure. I don't know how they do it at, like, the Waffle House and the places like that, but I feel like their to- their butter toast is just, it hits different. It's just, 
different than what you can do at home. I don't remember ever seeing a toaster at Oahu. I don't know. I've never really. I've not thought about it other than the youngest will eat up Waffle House toast and butter that just comes on your all-star special sort of uh, meal. But I can try to recreate that at home, and it's not not the same. I don't know if it's not the same I think it's because they do it on the flat top. Like they, they butter the bread and then just throw it down on the flat top. So that's what I'm doing wrong. I don't have flat top with bazillion hours of other orders on top to season it and make it enjoyable. But, I mean, everybody's got a griddle, don't they? Or at least a skillet. That's a very presumptuous question. <laughs> I don't know. No, I don't have a griddle. I, you I mean, don't have a, a no. flat pan with a handle? No. So you don't have a skillet? I have a skillet, yes. Yeah, that works. That's Just got lot. higher sides. That's a lot of effort for a piece of toast. When you have a toaster right there. Ray in Long Beach. I like mine. Speaking of toast, when it's just barely turning a color, spread with mayo and mustard, and then wrap around a delicious and well-seasoned ham, sausage, eggs, and three cheese omelet. Do you, we're moving into the BLT season. It'll be here before you know it, which you can have BLTs in Mississippi anytime, but the tomato season's right around the corner. Do you toast, do you like yours toasted, your bread toasted for that? I pretty much prefer toast on a sandwich in any situation. Like I'm, I think the only time I don't want toasted bread for a sandwich is if it's the little finger food sandwiches at a get together, mm-hmm. where it's like chicken salad or pimento cheese or something. The the little quadrants o sandwich, I could do without those being toasted, just because. The mouthfeel. I think it depends on how juicy your tomatoes are, in my opinion. Because the, again. You need to combat the juiciness with the toast. You can make it a completely different eating experience by simply toasting the bread. You'd think today is toaster day, but it's not. It's toasted bread day, or, or, yeah, bread, or toast. It just said toast. So I don't know. That a lot of different things can sort of fall into that. Jimbo said Waffle House uses a toaster, but they put the melted margarine on before they serve it. Waffle House has an entire row of electric toasters. But I know they got a row of the waffle makers. I just don't remember ever seeing the toasters. It's because it's just something you don't... You've had zero reason to walk into a Waffle House before today and think to yourself, how do they get my toast to me? But now everybody who walks into one of those establishments after Good Things Today is going to see how many toasters do you have? Or ask, what's your secret to your toast? It does taste different. It's I don't know if it's a different form of like loaf bread i know it's white bread but i don't know if they get cut a little thicker or if it's a little bit different but and it sags in the middle like you know like it's got like the thicker edges and then it sort of sags so they have texas toast maybe that's it maybe it's a different which is a different type of sliced bread just thicker slices Mm Hmm. how do you like your toast it's national toast day we've got that and some more good headlines for you coming up next Making your afternoon just a little brighter. It's Good Things with Rebecca Turner on Super Talk Mississippi.
can watch good things. We are on your computer, your mobile device. You can watch it on Roku, Amazon Fire TV devices, even YouTube. You can now watch good things on Ceasefire TV. If you've got that, you can find us on Channel 70 right next to the Weather Channel, which I think across the state says it's a beautiful day here in the Magnolia State. Great day to get out and enjoy a little sunshine and take a walk around and get some fresh air before it gets too hot or comes back and gets too cold. But today, today is a beautiful day. It's also National Toast Day, which I think is a lot of fun talking about. It's something we all eat. It's something we all like a little bit differently. And it's something we all grew up with, too, because it was economical for the most part. It was just kind of like that side item that was on every sort of a hot breakfast. You either had, well, really, you kind of had, you either had toast or you had biscuits, I feel like. Rarely do you have the two, unless you're at a buffet, but it's like mom or grandma or whoever dad would sort of choose today. This week we're having biscuits with our bacon and our eggs and our grits and our whatever, or we're going to have toast with them. And then that sort of switched up sort of the whole feel. Or maybe you also just enjoyed toasted sandwiches and all the things throughout the throughout the day. Dinner time, though, unless you did the hack and you made garlic toast out of regular white bread or, I guess, buns, like you toasted those instead of having like the Texas toast or the actual right. hoagie, you feel like maybe toast doesn't show up much in the dinner aisle or the dinner plate as much. Not as, as often. No. Really a sort of breakfast. Some people like toast with soups or chilies <laughs> or stuff instead of crackers. But if I'm, I think the closest thing to toast I want with soup is I want a grilled cheese with the yes. tomato soup. So then do you do, okay, grilled cheese or do you do cheese toast, which is basically an open-faced grilled cheese, but it's two different experiences. I'm going with the full two bread grilled cheese with a bowl of tomato soup because that's more bread to soak up the delicious tomato soup with. Did you grow up eating cheese toast though? Oh, yeah. My mom actually had a, a thing she would make every once in a while where she would take a, a sheet, like a baking sheet, and she would line it with bread, like white bread. And then she would make like homemade tuna salad mm -hmm. and put that, plop that on all the pieces of bread, and then take a slice of cheese and put it over that and pop that in the oven until the cheese melted and the bread toasted. Little open-faced tuna melts. Yum. Delicious. Sounds absolutely amazing. A lot of folks are chiming in, Lindsay, as well as Ricky, cinnamon toast. And I feel like you either had that in your house or you didn't. It oh, wasn't, yeah. Mom kept a shaker of cinnamon sugar just it, for when she needed to make quick cinnamon toast. It wasn't like, oh, every now and then you do it. You either were team cinnamon toast as a kid. Your family just enjoyed it. It was kind of an always. And usually that's because your mom or your dad enjoyed it. Or you just sort of missed out on that. To, I completely missed out on that. It just wasn't a thing in our house. I've had it, like, later in life or in other ways. Or I had it, like, French toast style or more serious cinnamon toast. Not just your simple toast it up, put some butter on it, you know, sprinkle it, and then have a fun extra to your to your breakfast meal. Speaking of childhood memories and toast, I wasn't crazy. Mike in Gulfport chimes in on the ceasefire text line, although... I think Mike actually lived it, whereas I lived it vicariously via YouTube. Mike says, I can remember making toast on Grandma's Sunbeam about 1953-ish because it was easy to do, and she had home-churned butter. Oh. Which, I sent you a video during the break. Mm -hmm. I don't think you got a chance to look at it. But there's, there's a video <coughs> of this Sunbeam. It came out in the late 40s. And you think of a toaster, 
it has a long side and a short side. Mm-hmm. It's rectangular. Well, you think of a toaster and you think of the, the slots you put the bread in to toast it, usually run with the long side. It's, it's parallel to the, the longer sides of the toaster. On this sunbeam that I found that's an antique toaster that does it better than any modern toaster I've ever seen, the slots for the bread are perpendicular. They're parallel to the smaller side, the, the, the thinner sides. And you literally just take the bread and put it in the slots, and then it just goes down on its own and then toast. And when it's done, it comes back up on its own. Just nice and easy, smooth now, and slow. Because you can toast toast or whatever in an oven or over an open flame or whatever, you know, like on a griddle or what, you wonder what was the incentive to create a toaster because it's a very limited in the beginning a very limited and even now you can put toast in it you can put bagels in it you can put pop tarts in it toaster strudels but we're limited on like what goes in it i mean it's not a microwave sky's the limit oven endless opportunities you know other kind of even like the air fryers and all that there's like all of these different things to do but a toaster is a very niche Kitchen, you, I guess not a utensil, but a kitchen appliance. I think it's become more and more neat, too. all have it. Or yeah. I feel like everybody has one. Well, I think it's because, and I don't know this for a fact, but I would presume that toast is another one of those accidental discoveries. Long time ago in human history where you had bread. They had made some bread, and somebody left it sitting next to the fire, and it toasted, and they pick it up and go, oh, no, I've ruined it. But they were hungry. Mm-hmm. So they ate it anyways and goes, wait, this is even better. This is amazing. We have to figure out how we can reproduce this. So over time, you, you wind up with the toasters that you would hold over the open flame. And then eventually they make the little stands where you sit the bread on it next to the open flame. Because for the longest time, humans cooked with open flame. Move into the modern times where the modern kitchen where you're plugging things in, the toaster had to change. And... It got less, it got more niche over time because you can do a lot more with an open flame than you can with two slots that you plug into the wall. You also wonder, though, if the toaster was an accidental something. Like, was it created for some other who Lord knows what kind of contraption? And then they were like, you know what, <laughs> this isn't a failure. We can throw bread in here and it comes out crispy and perfect and everything but you also think it probably had to be more geared towards diners at that time i would think or restaurants and then it's something that trickled into like the i just go back to thinking of myself as the you know as the june cleaver of that time toasting having a toaster to do two slices of toast at once if i had a family of six or eight is not saving me a whole lot of time but if i'm in a diner situation like a or a waffle house and I've got however many orders up, and I can put in 12 slices at once, and then they're all popping up. Well, now we're saving me lots of time. So, I don't know. The real story here is the the invention of the toaster, I feel like. Which I think, if I'm not mistaken, the toaster came about long before sliced bread. Long before you went to the store and bought bread already sliced. So you had to slice it. Oh, yeah. Then you had to get it right to be able to put it into your toaster. I wonder how many people lost their homes due to toaster fires in the beginning. Because even now, they're they're a finicky little thing. They'll spark at you, get mad. Do you leave your toaster out, or is your toaster less used that it's under somewhere, and then you pull it out when you need it? Well, considering I usually have toast or waffles for breakfast just about every morning, it's it's out. 
I'm not putting uh, it up. Okay. Well, I forgot about waffles. You wouldn't have the Eggo waffle without without a toaster. Oh, no. Without a toaster also. Raisin bread toast. That's really good. Toasted peanut butter sandwich with a cold glass of milk. Checks, uh, Jeff in Oxford. Yes. So I don't know about the whole sandwich, but just a good slice of toast with the melt, like the, now we're melting the peanut butter or oozing the peanut butter. I don't know the right word for that. Slicing the banana on top of it, eating it while it's all warm, sticks to the top of your mouth. That's why you need the cold glass of milk. Absolutely. I am, I am on board for that. Derek and Greenwood, you can take the squeeze butter and totally cover toast. Take cinnamon and sugar, three to one, and mix until the toast is covered. And that's really good. I feel like I failed my children, too. I don't know if my kids have ever had cinnamon toast. I know the baby hasn't. I don't know. Because, again, it wasn't something I grew up with. I'm not against it. I just, it's not in my things of, like, to, tr- like, to go to kind of They kind are of good on that on that uh, ratio, though. You, you definitely don't want to do half and half cinnamon sugar. You definitely want to have a little bit more sugar than the cinnamon. Well, yeah, because too much cinnamon, that changes the... It turns the toast into a one we're, big red hot. We're, we're, we're in for a whole different experience. I didn't know what a bagel was until I went to boot camp in the Navy in 83. I was complaining the donuts taste like crap. <laughs> 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 uh, Darren, I love that. That's funny. I mean, if you're not, if you weren't... I didn't know what a bagel was until I went to a soccer tournament and they were there on the side of the Continental Breakfast... Mm-hmm. And everybody's getting like eggs and sausage and bacon. And then what? What are these weird bread circles over here? Well, it's if your family didn't grow up eating them, like we weren't big bagel people either. Then it's not something that you're just sort of conditioned to know or want. It's not like anybody pulls you aside in kindergarten with like, "This is bagel. This is what." It's just you know, you don't Which know. That made me think of another thing you could put in a toaster. What? An English muffin. Yes. Which it did. It had a weird day. It didn't know whether it wanted to be toast or a biscuit. And so they created the English muffin. Keith and Meridian. I still use my granny's old sunbeam and I love it. That's pretty cool. That's an antique. You better keep that. You better keep with us. We've got a great conversation for you coming up next. Rebecca Turner. She looks healthy and sane. Good things with Rebecca Turner continues on Super Talk Mississippi. good things we are streaming live over at supertalk.fm we're also streaming from the supertalk mississippi app and of course you can always find us 
on your local Super Talk Mississippi radio station. Now, I want to take your mind back to Super Bowl 57. Yes, 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 we know who already won. But prior to the game for the great coin toss, you may or may not have recognized or realized that we had a Mississippi student there on the field. And joining us today to tell us about her experiment, exper- experiment, it was an experiment, it was an experience, Fabergé Flint. She is a USM doctoral student. Hey, Fabergé. Hi. Although it probably felt like an experiment, but it was an experience that I'm sure you will never <clears throat> forget. How cool was this? Yeah, it was great. Um, so all you know, since I've been back, that's the you know the question that most people have asked me, Fabergé. How did it feel? Um, what what did it feel like? What were you thinking? And uh, you know, and all of those things. And it was very surreal. Um, Seventy three thousand plus people in the stands, and 113 million people viewing from sports bars, homes, you name it. Yeah, it was real. No pressure to actually flip it correctly. So did you practice the flipping? I would have totally practiced at home. Yeah, I did. Actually, um, the day on that Friday when we went out to the field to just kind of go through the run of the mill of what would happen on Sunday, um, I got a chance to meet with the ref, Carl Sheffers, and, you know, he just told me to relax, keep it cool, gave me some pointers. Um, even on um, Saturday when I got a chance to see J.J. Watt, I was telling him that I was the one that was actually flipping, um, just getting so, um, just a few pointers from him. But um, I had some little Amazon poker chips that were about the size of the coin, and so that's what I used to kind of play around and practice with. Okay, so for those of us who don't know the importance of the coin toss or the coin flip, Fabergé, like what was your role? When you flipped that coin, what was it going to determine? Well, it was going to determine, first of all, you know, whoever picked, you know, whether they were going to keep or defer. Um, But then I learned so much about this. Like people actually bet on the coin toss. And, you know, so if it was heads, you know, of course, people, you know, whoever had bet heads, they were going to win X amount of dollars and, you know, of course, tails. I actually had someone to find me on Facebook, and because we're not friends, you know, I guess they could message me. And they said, hey, thanks so much for the coin toss. I hadn't won in five years, and today I won. <laughs> Wow. I couldn't imagine. I was expecting you to say maybe they found you earlier and was like, hey, could you work on maybe landing on heads or tails? Speaking of that, you mentioned it's about the size of a poker chip. That's the coin that's tossed there at the Super Bowl. What does it actually sort of look like? Is there a heads and a tails? Is it just a, you know, an um, oversized quarter or is there more meaning to it? Oh, I actually have it with me. And of course, you can't see it. But it's it's about the size. It's maybe a little bit bigger than a half dollar. So on the front part of it, it had you know the Super Bowl um, Roman numerals and of course you know um, the signature of the commissioner. And then on the back of it, um, it had you know Kansas City Chiefs and then under there Philadelphia Eagles National Football League wrapped um, you know around it. So it is outlined in gold and in the middle it's silver. Pretty cool. Okay, and, um, and that was going to be my other question for you, Fabergé, was do you, did you get to keep it? Because I feel like that should be a great sort of parting gift for your experience there at the Super Bowl. So I did not get to keep it. 
Um, I actually did you steal it? Allowed us to take pictures with it, all of us, um, the scholars. However, they gave me my own coin to keep. But what I heard is they actually take that coin um, and it's minted as the you know because the addition of the coin is actually imprinted on there. But they take that coin and they auction it off to like diehard football fans. And so that that's what I heard. Now how true that is, I don't know. So no, I didn't actually get to keep that coin, but I do have my own official game coin. Well it's still a really neat experience that very, very few people in fact there's probably fewer coin tossers than there are Super Bowl players out of all <laughs> fifty seven uh, you know, games that have ever been or matchups that's ever been because there's only a few of you. So tell us about how your road to even be selected because it's a wonderful story and it's tied to, you know, your studies there at USM. So how how did you find yourself on the field there for Super Bowl fifty seven? So in two thousand one I applied for the Pat Tillman um scholarship through the Pat Tillman Foundation. And if you know anything about his story, just briefly, um, Pat played in the NFL. He left the NFL, went into the military, and um, unfortunately he was killed uh, while there. And so his then-wife, Marie, um, founded the foundation um, really to help um military service members, veterans, and their spouses kind of just keep going um, to, you know, to keep Pat's legacy going. And so in 2000, um, in 2021, I applied, was selected out of 60, um, out of a bunch of people to apply, but um, they pick 60 scholars each year. And so when I was selected, you know, that's how I became connected um, to the foundation. And, Fast forward, um, just through, I still don't know how I was selected of the, you know, out of the four of us, you know, what was, you know, done in that respect, but um, four of us were picked and we were honorary captains for that day. And I did not find out that I was actually flipping the coin until that Friday. Um, They just, somebody blurted it out and I looked really crazy because I didn't know. And, um, yeah, and that's how I was picked for that. But my connection to the foundation is um, with me applying. And then, of course, um, my connection being service-related was through my late husband, Staff Sergeant Brian Lewis, who was also killed in Iraq in 2006. We thank him for his service, but also the fact that, you know, you chose Southern Miss as a place to go for your education. What are you studying there, uh, Fabergé? Higher education administration. Well, that sounds fancy. So how much longer do you have? So it was nice when I got um, my little informational sheet from Carl Hill, and he said, I saw a little thing on there say, fall, apply for graduation. So that means that in May of 2024, I will be graduating with my um, doctorate in higher education administration. That's Congratulations. <laughs> that is a huge accomplishment. Being a Golden Eagle myself, I feel like you went to the finest institution here in Mississippi. They put out great scholars who go on to do wonderful things post-graduation. <laughs> 
Uh, but Southern Miss to the top. But also, I think it's just a really cool experience that you got to have being there. Did you get to like sit somewhere cool and fancy for the actual Super Bowl, or did they rush you out um, after the the toy, the coin toss? Oh no, we we got the red carpet treatment um, from the NFL. So huge shout out to um, the NFL to the commissioner. Uh, Mr. Roger Goodell, thank you, Pat Tillman Foundation. I mean, we were really treated um, like royalty that day. Uh, We got really great seats, and, um, yeah, we just had a ball. We stayed through the whole game, and um, it was nice. It It was, again, it was a wonderful experience, one that I will never forget. So I know at home watching at least the halftime show, Rihanna looked really high. How high did she look sitting in the stadium when she went all the way to the top on her little platform? Oh, yeah. It was scary because we had seats in the end zone, and we were sitting in some very nice seats. And she was high. Oh, yeah. It was very – it was frightening to look at. But, of course, you know, having seen – you know, just all of the things that people probably didn't see at home. She was very secure. <laughs> well, no matter what you thought about that halftime show, we can all agree she's not afraid of heights. And so, no. <laughs> <laughs> and we can all agree, though, that what a cool experience. And you got to witness such a great game. You know, I don't know who you were necessarily pulling for, but it probably uh, it probably didn't matter. Do you have one quick other sort of behind the scenes fun memory from Super Bowl Fifty Seven? Well, on my way back um, to um, get ready to leave the stadium after the game was over, um, I knew who it was, and we spoke briefly, but I got to ride back in my golf cart with Doug Williams and his wife. And, you know, Doug also um, played in the Super Bowl, and he was the first black quarterback to win the Super Bowl. Pretty cool, pretty cool. Well, Fabergé, I appreciate your time. I know you've had lots of travels over the last couple of weeks, so thank you for making the time. Uh, Southern Miss to the top. Enjoy your graduation and keep in touch. Yes, thank you so much. Have a fabulous day. All righty, you guys stick with us. We got more for you coming up next. Give my all to you. You're my end and my beginning. Even when I lose, I'm winning. Cause I give you all of me And you give me all of you I give you all of me And you give me all of you Rebecca Turner. She's smart and pretty. Good Things with Rebecca Turner continues on Super Talk Mississippi. When I think back on all the crap I learned. 
Welcome back to Good Things. Don't forget, you can listen live over at supertalk.fm. You can watch us over at supertalktv.com. And you can find places all over Mississippi to register for the Morgan Wallen concert that's coming up in Oxford on April the 23rd at Balt Hemingway Stadium. For example, you can register to win tickets by going to Hamilton Nutrition in Hamilton, Be Quick in Macomb, or at Weathers Auto Supply in Corinth. And there's a lot more places, too, around the state. So just go to supertalk.fm slash Morgan Wallen, and you can find the full list of registration locations. The winners are going to get two sweet seat tickets to the Morgan Wallen at, I mentioned, Vault Hemingway Stadium. That is Sunday, April the 23rd, if you're looking at your calendar. But still, really, guys, I would go if you're in one of those places and register, because even if you you know can't go, some, you will make someone super happy uh, by passing by passing that along. And these uh, ticket giveaways is brought to you by First South Farm Credit, King's Daughters Medical Center, Jumpstart Test Prep, and Toyota of Brookhaven. However, you may want to look at the rules and regulations of whether you can, I guess, uh, pass along your winnings. I was about to say, I don't, I, know I, don't know, I don't know if that's allowed. So either way, you just, you just make yourself available for April the 23rd if you win, okay? It's two months from right now. <laughs> it's two months from right now. Go ahead and sort of pencil that in. But all the information, rules and regulations, and registration places is over at supertalk.fm slash, uh, slash Morgan Wallen. And while you're there, too, you can sign up for the Supertalk Mississippi News uh, newsletter by going to slash newsletter, and you can get a weekly update of all the topics in Mississippi. Okay, I found us a world record worthy of us trying to break because it was a radio host in Britain who set the world record for topping pancakes. I feel like one of us could do it. So she was live on the air, and she was topping 10 pancakes with sugar and lemon. She's the co-host of the Heart Breakfast radio show or something of that nature. And she took on the record last Tuesday on Pancake Day. I know this is Toast Day. Sorry, Toast. We were talking about pancakes. And it was a celebration for breakfast food that coincides with, I guess, something over there and precedes, obviously, Ash um, Wednesday. So she set the record for the fastest time to top just 10 pancakes. So we're not talking about like a 24-hour challenge or anything like that. And so she set a goal of 30 seconds. And an, an adjunctor was on hand to witness adjudicator. adjudicator. I like my word better. Holden's three attempts. So it took her three times to get it under 30 seconds. She finished all 10 pancakes on her first and second try. But on her third attempt, she managed to pull them off in 29.39 seconds. So she topped them, I guess, with lemon and sugar. Number one, who's eating lemon with their pancakes? That must be a complete Sounds British, like a very European a Very thing. European thing. For sure. And then I need to know, because what, 10? That's three seconds of pancake. Like, how fancy does it need to be? I feel confident I, I could do this. I spent the first 30 seconds of you breaking that down <laughs> with my brain reeling, going, wait, is that a British euphemism that I don't know? What is topping a pancake? And then it's like, oh, wait, no, just putting <laughs> stuff on topping, it. Topping a pancake. So, you know, there's few things in life that I say I might could actually do in terms of world record. But being a radio host, liking pancakes, I don't know about the limited sugar part, but hey, whatever. I feel confident that I might could do it quicker than 29.39 seconds. I mean, 30 seconds isn't a long time. 10 is a lot, so that's like less three than three seconds of pancake. Three seconds of pancake. But you would feel like there's got to be a more efficient way. You know, if the McDonald's brothers can figure out how to put out a billion hamburgers in 2.5 seconds, then. I can figure out how to squeeze lemon and throw sugar on something 
in less than three seconds. I feel like there's something maybe more frou-frou going on. Like, is it a a thinly sliced twisted lemon and powdered sugar where you got to, like, sit it on there and then sprinkle the powdered sugar? Or is it literally just, all right, squeeze lemon, <laughs> throw sugar, squeeze lemon, throw sugar, squeeze lemon, throw sugar on a row of pancakes? I don't know. But I bet that one wedge, see, you do all the lemons first, and then you do all the sugars second, and then you're not, you're, you know, I'm already, I'm going, we're going to figure this out. <laughs> I don't know what you win, other than maybe a plaque or a piece of paper that says, but American female host beats British female radio host at pancake topping for, it's world record, so it's not, you know, just over there in their place. You know, it's the whole, whole shebang. I just... I read it and I go, I don't know if I can do it, but like I feel confident that I might could do that. Ray in Long Beach on the ceasefire text line chimes in and says, My wife introduced me to putting pepper on my pancakes with syrup. I'm not mad at it. I don't understand it. But I'm not mad at it. I'd much more perplexed with the lemon. I'll do a little more digging and see if it's like the juice... Or if it's like a slice, or if there's some sort of... I get the sugar part. Hopefully it's powdered sugar. <laughs> right? It's actually sugar cubes. You have to arrange them in a square, and yeah. This is getting That's why it's so hard. There's no way it should take it... Right. <laughs> I know, I'm really thinking about this is going to... I'm going set to set my sights on it. Set your sights on Sports Talk Mississippi coming up next from 3 to 6. Rhino and I will be back with you tomorrow at 2. But until then, I hope you all find time for the good things. A Super Talk Mississippi media production.